0: Welcome back to what I like to call From Nonsense to God Sense. As we take a look at some of the things that go on in this world through a biblical perspective. Try to make sense of them, really. Because sometimes we sit back and our jaw just hits the floor in awe of, like, did this really just happen? Or did I just really hear this? Or this doesn't make sense at all. And I know one of the things that we've been battling over the the last few weeks is a, a pandemic that has taken the world by surprise. And a lot of people are having a hard time trying to uh, understand why and struggle with being cooped up in the house. And some people have even had the, uh, the unfortunate uh, experience of having it and others, even worse, experiencing a loss of life or knowing somebody that has lost their lives. And so, you know, we really just don't know. And we've been talking about things in the past like uh, death taxes and life's unexpectancies. We've uh, talked about Easter which was our last podcast, and so you know we're going to kind of continue that Easter theme and move into uh, this week and and talk about dreams and visions and and things like that. And with me is Dan Delzell, and Dan, we take a look at you know some of the uh, things that are going on in this world, and and I know for me, you know my my dream state, and and I know we're going to be talking about different things, and this isn't necessarily the dream state where you fall asleep at night and you dream, but it's uh, but I just know that my 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 dream state and my mind has been going because the stimulation is being. I guess not there that it's used to having, and so my mind and my subconscious is just kind of taken over. And sometimes I'll have these bizarre dreams at night, or sometimes my mind just goes to different places while I'm out during the day, just kind of vegging. And so um, it really is interesting times, and it's really a time where we really need to focus more on God and focus more on our on our spiritual life, and that might even help us get through this pandemic.
1: Well, I, I think so, son. And again, it's just great to be with you. And uh, you know, this topic of dreams. Is- uh, interestingly, um, you know picking up in people 's minds you know i just uh, I just saw a survey here this week that showed that uh, almost thirty percent of Americans have experienced an increase in what they 're calling dream recall in the past month, so they're they 're not just having dreams but they're remembering those dreams and I guess twice as many you know younger people between ages eighteen and thirty four are remembering more dreams than usual. Um, and, and so, you know, there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of intensity, I think, to this, uh, coronavirus uh, and period that we're in right now. Um, you know, I've read people having what they have even called, uh, pandemic dreams, uh, you know, and, or even, even nightmares, um, related to the coronavirus. You know, uh, it was interesting. My own, uh, one of my, my daughters just, uh, earlier this week was telling me that, um, uh, that she'd had a very, uh, vivid dream and um she was kind of being chased by some sort of evil presence but during her dream she just decided she was going to take a stand against it and so she just remembered just kind of stopping and maybe standing up i think she maybe had been kneeling or hiding or something and she, you know command this thing to go and it was like you know she remembered it so vividly and 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 you know and you know a lot of times when we have dreams it seems like maybe our movement's very limited what we remember about the dreams very limited But she um, remembered it, you know, pretty specifically. And, uh, you know, I think all of these things, um, they do have a connection, I think, to this strange time in which we're living, the fear that's out there, the anxiety that's out there. Uh, You know, Martin Luther said that he believes that nightmares uh, come from demons. And uh, I I think that's a very, uh, uh, you know, very likely uh, way of looking at it, you know, um, what I find is that when people ask the Lord to protect their sleep at night with the blood of Jesus, uh, it really goes a long way toward protecting a person's, um, just their, their kind of their, their dream state, if you will, their sleep state, their mind, and so, um, you know, just coming off of Easter, and I know we'll be talking about, you know, just some of the things that you know, the disciples kind of thought they were seeing and, and, and then actually were seeing. And, and then here we live in a day where, um, you know, real life and dreams, uh, at times they overlap. You know, some people are struggling with sleep, others, you know, like I say, having a lot of dreams. So I think your experience there, Son, with, um, you know, kind of maybe what you're having even with, with more dreams or remembering them, uh, it seems to be, you know, very common right now for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because I was reading uh, something. Actually, I was listening to it. It was like a book on tape on YouTube, but it was DL Moody's Secret Power, something that you had recommended. And it talked about or it was what I was reading and hearing was that you know when we believe in Jesus, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and yeah. so He He dwells within us. So I find it interesting that you know we well. It's, I guess it's not interesting, but I guess it's real the the spiritual conflict that goes with us because you mentioned the demons maybe using nightmares to attack us, and so. It just kind of goes to to a reminder that we are battling against, uh, not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, and that there are the unconscious or the subconscious where the battle can go on that can help or hurt us as we move on with daily life, and that could include, you know, just the fact of dreams disrupting our sleep, which could then uh, disrupt our day, take our focus off God, and really kind of put us in a funk and so, again, getting back to the basics during this time is really important so that not only is our time awake being utilized properly, but maybe our sleep and our dream state and our subconscious is in good shape as well.
1: Yeah, I think all of those things are in play right now, son, maybe more so than just under what we might call more just normal uh, circumstances, because um, when things change to this degree, um, it does rattle us uh, you know, deep within. And um, it really does invite a person to go deeper with the Lord. Uh, you know, D.L. Moody's book there, Secret Power, uh, was just uh, simply, you know, a, a way of explaining how he uh, found the power of God to be even greater when he asked for more power for his preaching. Um, and, uh, you know, I uh, I remember um, reading one time that there were two women uh, that came to D.L. Moody after one of his um, uh, one of the times he'd been preaching and they asked him if he uh, received the second blessing and he didn't know what they were talking about. And basically what they were talking about was just, you know, have you asked for even greater power in your ministry? And, and this has been something found that many Christians have experienced, um, you know, over the centuries, not all of them, you know, have have uh, fallen within the exact same, you know, denominational uh, beliefs on even on the Holy spirit. What I mean by that is, you know, you have a whole, uh, you know, you have a whole area of, like, you know, Pentecostal, charismatic Christians, and then you have, you know, this this whole other area of, of more evangelical or even mainline, you know, Christians. But, you know, uh, Billy Graham, I think um, most Christians would agree was, was filled with the Holy Spirit, mightily used by the Holy Spirit. And like D.L. Moody, you know, Billy Graham had a very um, solid biblical understanding that, that if you're going to be filled with the Spirit— um, you're going to ne- just simply need to yield your life to the Lord and keep your eyes on Christ, but then really desire to be filled with the Spirit. And you know, DL Moody said, "Unless uh, we're first emptied, we can't be filled." So I think the DL Moody, Billy Graham approach would be representative of a of a large number of Christians in the world today who hunger for more of God's power, we need that power today, um, the Holy Spirit provides us with power, you know, the whole, the, uh, the disciples experienced this, you know, there at Pentecost, which came, uh, of course, after um, the resurrection, and uh, there was that period in there where the Lord was um, just wanting them to wait until they had been, uh, you know, wait in the city until they've been closed with power from on high, and that, of course, happened there at Pentecost, but um, you know, last Sunday was Easter, so in a way, we're kind of in that period right now. We're not quite uh, there yet, maybe um, in terms of all the fullness that, that we're going to have as Christians. Maybe a listener could, could relate to that right now. Um, we're all kind of in that in that time where we're not quite where maybe God is going to have us, uh, but let's keep hungering and thirsting for more of, of God's power. And like the L. Moody experience, you know, after those women asked him, you know, uh, you know, have you have you really received the second blessing? You know, D.L. Moody basically would, would be one to say, hey, I want that second blessing, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Let's keep going back to God for more, 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 because we are facing a lot of our world and uh, this anxiety and the fear and everything, it can be very overwhelming. So thankfully, uh, we not only have a risen Savior with us, we also have uh, the person of the Holy Spirit to fill us and empower our, our daily life, our witness, and even our dreams, you know, while we're sleeping at night.
0: Dan DelZell with me, and Dan, one of the most interesting things that's uh, out there, so to speak, when I listen to it, I don't get to hear it much because it's not really abundant, but it's dream interpretation. I love listening to people share their dreams to somebody who supposedly is in the know and then they come up with an interpretation of why they're dreaming about that and it's it's fascinating mm. and i take it purely as entertainment only i don't really put sure. any stock into it but there are people that do put stock into that and they're looking for some deeper meaning and we've talked about psychics yeah. and we've talked about mediums and and other right. you know magic and stuff like that in past uh podcast episodes. But when you talk about D.L. Moody, one of the things that he mentioned in his book is, you know, we need more Bible and false entities that our message from God is in the Bible. And we don't need any yeah. dark rooms. We don't need any mysticism. We don't need anybody yeah. else to interpret anything. But yet yeah. on the flip side, there is some entertainment value to it. What's just kind of your thoughts on on people that are are maybe Maybe they're not considered technically psychics per se, but we're seeking Mm -hmm. out this, Mm -hmm. you know, interpretation of dreams because, you know, it is fascinating. And like for me, I I enjoy listening to them sometimes because it is completely entertaining. But yet there's people that are seeking that as opposed to going to the Bible and seeking God's word because everything we need to know is written right there.
1: You know, son, you're you're making a very interesting and helpful really point and distinction here. Um, And I like the way you're using the word, you know, they're, they're seeking this. Um, I I think what we find son, is that, um, you know, there are, there are always going to be alternatives that are being offered that are proposed to be a little more exciting, you know, for, for the Christian life. I mean, some, sometimes they, they, uh, they, they go under the name of prophecy. Well, you know, you, you had this word of prophecy and this one had this word of prophecy and I'm not disputing that, you know, God would even still work in that way, uh, but but I think the the dominant way we see the Lord working is through the prophetic word that's been prophesied in Scripture. Um, that is um, God's absolute word to us today. And and wh- whereas like dreams and then modern day uh, prophecies, while while those may certainly at times um, be something God would use in more of an extraordinary case, um, generally speaking, it, it's just going to be feeding on the word daily that's going to keep us uh, strong in the Lord. You know, I, I'm always a little bit um, cautious, I guess, when I, when I hear of somebody who's, who's looking for something that is, is more of that extraordinary experience, whether they always want some, you know, fresh word. And, and I'm thinking to myself, well, read the Bible, you know, read, read a few chapters a day in the Bible, meditate on that. God will give you plenty of fresh words. But a lot of times, you know, there's some people who that, that's not what they mean. They want somebody to tell them something or, or like you say, interpret some dream. And, and so really to answer your question, I mean, I, I certainly can't say that, that there aren't some interpretations of dreams that would still be relevant today. We see, you know, prominent examples in the Bible, like Daniel, for example, you know, his interpretation of the dreams and some other examples of, of, of that sort of thing. But, but by and large, God has given us um, the word and, and now pastors and teachers— and just all Christians who, who by the Holy Spirit, are able to interpret the Word, we can study the Word, we can meditate on the Word, um, you know, to use kind of a common vernacular today, um, that may not seem as sexy to some people as, well, you know, I want somebody to have a dream, or I want them to have a vision, or I want them to have a prophecy. And I'll tell you son, some churches, I mean, they, they go off on that almost the way that, um, you know, that some churches uh, go off into um, really kind of the, the uh, the health and wealth uh, prosperity message, you know, with uh, with this Easter being a, a different kind of uh, gathering, you know, we actually weren't able to gather. Um, I actually was able to uh, listen to a message. I guess that had been recorded a couple years ago by by Joe Osteen, and the thing that I found very, uh, I guess maybe I'll say shocking, but maybe not, maybe that's not the right word, song, But I listened to a message he gave in like 2019. And I kept waiting to hear something about Christ's resurrection, and and instead, you know, it, it was all about how, you know, um, you know, God, if you hold on to that dream, you know, that you have, you know, God will, will give you that promotion or he'll give you. It was all about, you know, your own personal, you know, you can have your best life now, sort of, you know ideology, but it was all about, you know, fulfill your dream and your vision. And, and, and I'll tell you, Son, it really, it left me feeling very um, empty from the standpoint of, you know, how would that message fly, you know, in some, you know, third world country or somewhere where Christians are really being persecuted. I mean, the, they, you know, the, the, the foundational message of Christ's death and resurrection for our sins is what Easter is all about. And, and, you know, I just, I just don't understand why, um, you know, a message about you fulfilling your dream, your vision, your passion, God will, you know, he'll give you that promotion. He'll, uh, he'll, he'll give you that, that, that pay raise. He'll do this or do that. I mean, all of those things might come, but, he, but is that what Easter has become? You know, um, you rising up from joblessness to your new job, or, or you rising up now and now you're, you know, you have that relationship you didn't have. I mean, those are all things that we want and long for and pray for, but, but that's not the message of the Bible. That God's dream for us, Don, is that we're saved. God's dream for us is that we're making disciples. Um, Easter is about Christ's death and resurrection. It's not about you come up with whatever you want your earthly dream and vision to be, whoever you want to be, whatever you think God wants to give you, and, and you just kind of pray hard enough. Excuse me. And kind of, you know, rub the lamp and the genie in the bottle will appear and he'll give you your vision. I mean, it's a whole different thing, son, than than really what what the apostles were delivering there uh, when the church first got off the ground.
0: Yeah, you know, it'd be kind of difficult to believe in someone or something that uh, if my situation was less than ideal, you mentioned some other countries, and I'm supposed to try to reach this fulfillment and I've got nothing. You know, but it also reminds me of um, in this society, we're an instant gratification society. We want things now. We want results now. Everything yeah. is now, now, now. You know, weight loss now. Uh, savings and 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 win money lottery now. It reminds right. me of our faith sometimes that we're looking for, or we fall into that mold of what the Israelites—they were looking for a, a savior to come and rescue them. And Jesus came that's as right. a carpenter, born in a manger. He was not the rah-rah touchdown pep rally Jesus, the the conqueror. No. He was the servant, the humble servant that came and died. And you've mentioned it yeah. before, and we all know that when he comes back again, that's when he's going to come back as the as the king, the triumphant king that's going to you know take take action and and save us and you know come as the judge, the jury, you know the the executioner, um, you know, he's gonna come back as we as the way people want and envisioned him back when the Israelites were looking for for a, a Messiah. And I think we kind of yeah. sometimes get into that mode too, where we want that pep rally touchdown Jesus experience that mountaintop high, where we want something now. And sometimes, you know, when God, you know, we learn that Sunday school kind of version, God answers prayer, either yes, no, or wait and see. And sometimes right. that wait and see, or that no, we don't want, we want that. Yes, we want it now. And going to the Bible isn't going to get us that. And so we got to seek someone who is going to give us what we want. I think that's probably the draw sometimes too, is people want that now that instant gratification message. And that's what drives them. I think.
1: I I think so. I very, very much so, son. I think that when you offer people something that by nature, man would, would crave, which is, you know, um, no problems in life. Um, Fulfilling your dreams, whatever your dreams are, whatever promotion you might want, whatever material thing maybe uh, you might want, when you offer that in the name of religion or even in Christ- in the name of Christianity, there are a lot of people who 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 love to um, hear that because it kind of tickles our ears, but it doesn't take us deep in the Lord, uh, and it doesn't really keep get us rooted in the in the message that that we need to be rooted in because. Um, you know those things those things come and go um, God's faithfulness in your life is not dependent upon whether or not you get that promotion. Maybe God doesn't want you to have that promotion. maybe God doesn't want you to have that pay raise. Maybe God um, is going to use a time of of financial lack or something else in, in in our life. so while there's nothing wrong or sinful obviously in 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 praying a, a lot of these prayers, it does get down to you know what is it? that I'm, I'm really delighting myself in. You know, uh, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And, and I think by nature, what we do, son, is right away we hear the second half of that verse, oh, I, I know what my desires are, I know what my dreams are, I know what I want God to do for me, so let's go, let me, let me rub the lamp now, uh, and, and I'm going to kind of delight myself in the Lord without really giving that a whole lot of thought of what that means, but I'm just going to rub the lamp, and, and God's going to provide all these wishes. You, you know, my, my three biggest wishes. When, when actually delighting ourselves in the Lord has to do with loving, worshiping, adoring, serving the Lord, um, regardless of what prayers He is or isn't answering, what you know, He is or isn't giving us, but who He is. And, and when we delight ourselves in the Lord, then He changes our desires, and, and, and we stop with just the trivial, you know, this is my dream, Lord, and, and you know, I really believe you want me to have this. and. And, you know, you want me to succeed. You want me to be successful. You know, and it's not about us. You know, God has already proven his success. Um, God has already proven he's worthy of praise. And now our job is to just try to stay out of the way of that and, and to not have our dreams, our personal dreams interfere with his vision for us, son. And I tell you, I don't know how that we do a very good job with that because I think we spend so many months, years, maybe even decades chasing these dreams. Maybe they're even, you know, in religious circles. Maybe they're even, you know, in, in a church, you know, or, or they're in some other, you know, realm or career or whatever. But whenever we're chasing our dreams, we really need to stop and ask ourselves, am I delighting myself in the Lord? You know, am, am I just in content today in the Lord if he doesn't give me this thing I'm praying for that I think, you know, he might want to give me? There's nothing wrong about praying for that. But we, we, we can so easily talk ourselves into some thinking, oh, well, God wants me to have this, and so I'm just going to have enough faith, and I'm going to believe God for this. And, and when really, it, it's like um, we, we make we make that the end in itself with this thing or this answer to prayer, when really God, what better end can there be than knowing God, being found perfect in Christ, forgiven of our sins, in the one who died and rose again. So I say all that not to say that I, or any of us have come anywhere close to perfecting that song, but just to say that, that this is our challenge, uh, especially in America. Um, and, and not to get people all hyped up and amped up. Uh, you chase your dream, you know, you, you can have whatever you want, just have enough faith, speak it into existence, name it and claim it, you know, this Christian science, you know, uh, word, faith, uh, Theology that says you just have to speak what you want as though you are God, as though, though you know what's best for you, uh, and it, it's just all such an aberration of what we find in the Bible. And my goodness, you know, study the life of the Apostle Paul and and the suffering he went through, and and just what his desire was to know Christ. And you don't hear anything there about you know I'll, I'll go on fulfill your dream or have your best life now. It's like you might get killed, but but go on out and tell others about Jesus and yeah, it's just a whole different approach than what we see in certain circles today, son. Where everything is so watered down, and it's all about you know God fulfilling my wishes, my dreams, my desires, and you don't find that in the scriptures at all.
0: Dan Dozell with me talking about dreams and visions, and maybe even putting it into the context of Back to the Future, our density. What's our future going to be like, and where does it uh, where does it lie? And and Dan, you mentioned um, Daniel. And the visions, you know, God used visions and Daniel to interpret them. And we see a writing on the wall, which I thought would be, I mean, if there was any one time, I know there's many things in the Bible, but if I could just go back in time, in my flux capacitor for a brief moment, I would love to be in that yeah. room when all of a sudden this handwriting on the wall, you know, starts to write mini, mini, shuckle, you far and then to find yeah. out. And I, and I oftentimes, uh, have kind of measured myself with that, you know, cause it basically loosely interpreted is, is you have been weighed and found lacking, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and that's the thing that we need to do is kind of weigh ourselves and see, are we lacking or are we sufficient? But God mm-hmm. used, things like that, and even Jesus, after his resurrection, you know, the disciples had scattered, and you had mentioned last week that, um, you know, what kind of, or the, the proof that the resurrection existed was the fact that this, uh, I don't call it religion, but this faith movement of Jesus, the disciples did not wither and die, but exploded, yeah. and they went out, and who was going to go out and die and martyr themselves for a lie, And um, but yet, to get to that point, the disciples were still a little, what's going on? Jesus had sure. died. All of a sudden, then, you know, there's the resurrection. Then they're in the upper room. And then all of a sudden, Jesus just appears. And then some of the, you know, spiritual stuff starts to, the, 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 I don't want to say the magic stuff, but the magic stuff starts to happen because now Jesus is a resurrected king. And the disciples are now starting to experience some things. If they didn't know what was going on beforehand, surely now yeah. there must have been some things going on that is really blowing their mind.
1: Well, it really was, Son. You know, in uh, in Luke 24, when, uh, you know, Jesus uh, came and stood among them, you know, he said, peace be with you. And the text says they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. So they kind of wondered, you know, are we in a dream state? You know, we, we must be dreaming here. This this can't be the Lord. I mean, we know they, they killed the Lord. So the resurrection wasn't even on their radar. It should have been. I mean, Jesus had spoken of it, but they just, they weren't looking for, Um, that kind of a king. They were looking for an earthly uh, king to come and, and deliver them and set up an earthly kingdom in that sense. But they were startled and frightened when they saw Jesus. And so he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. So they were almost wondering, now, are we in this dream state Um, What's going on? The Lord was trying to kind of bring them to this place of of seeing, you know, this is real. Um, Yes, my body was crucified; I died on the cross. But this is me, you know. I'm alive. Um, He showed them his hands and his feet, and we're told. and, And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, "Do you have anything here to eat?" They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. So, so Jesus did everything there that was needed to convince them that he rose from the dead, Um, although at first they were startled, they were frightened, they didn't even believe it, even after he first started talking to them. But, you know, it's like, how can they deny? I mean, here he is, he's standing in front of us, we can touch him, he's eating this piece of fish. So they they, they came to know that, yes, Jesus had risen from the dead, Son, and if they had not come to know that for a fact, They would not have gone out preaching that message. They would not have have been willing to die, as as many of them were, for their faith uh, than for the message that they proclaimed. So they went from scared, frightened, um, just, you know, disciples who were hiding because of fear to bold, courageous ambassadors for the gospel, and the only thing that explains that is that they saw the Lord, they knew for a fact that He rose from the dead, it wasn't a dream, and, and so they were, they were then sent out, um, and especially, as we said, after Pentecost, then after the Holy Spirit fell upon them, um, they went out to kind of help other people because son, uh, people without the Lord, they're living today in kind of a, a dream state. They're living in a fog. They, they don't see things um, very, very clearly at all in the spiritual realm, any more than you and I would have uh, you know, w- w- without Christ. Uh, And so when we go out to spread the gospel, we have to realize we're we're trying to help people wake up out of their stupor, out of this dream state that they're in. This world, even with the coronavirus and everything else, it's going to soon be gone. It's going to all seem like a dream. It's going to all be in our past at at some point, whether that's quite a ways down the road yet or not. Either way, it eventually is going to seem like it was just a dream. Even if the Bible says, what's your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And so, son, we're living right now in this dream world in a way it's real. It's real, but it's, it's a dream in the sense that um, people are limited right now, um, just like you and I are in our dreams. You know, sometimes in your dream, you'll try to do something or move or, or whatever, and, and you're very limited. You're, you're, your mind isn't very clear. Um, you're not able to make sense of what's going on. And then even after you wake up, you're not able to remember a lot of times maybe what went on in the dream. And that's, in many ways, what people are living in today. They, they seem unable to come to the Lord. They seem uh, unable to just call upon the Lord. They seem confused. They seem like, you know, uh, you know why would I believe in that? Um, and so this is the state that God brings a person out of when you're born again through faith in Jesus and your eyes open up. It's like, wow, now I see. I see the Lord. I see what he's done. I mean, I still have a lot to learn. I still have a lot of limitations in my understanding. Um, Now we know in part, the Bible says, then we shall know fully even as we are fully known. So our life on earth, while it makes more sense than it did before we were saved, it still is very confusing. You know, we as Christians, we don't have the answers for the coronavirus other than to say God is still on the throne. He loves us more than ever. Um, There have been major things like this throughout history because of sin in the world this is not bigger than a lot of other things that have gone before us um there are going to be some things that come after the coronavirus but jesus is still king of kings and lord of lords and it's only when we get to heaven son that you know we'll be able to look back and say man I was kind of in a dream state, even as a Christian. I mean, look at all the things I didn't understand. Look at all the things I didn't see. Um, so that's, that's kind of our predicament. You know, we're, we're living sound in a day where um, everybody is in some degree of a dream, uh, both when you're sleeping, but also when you're awake. And, and so we want to reach those people who, who have yet to wake up, as the Bible says, and, and believe in Christ. In Ephesians, it says, Wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. So, so that's what we're about right now, and, um, you know, we're, we're blessed to be able to be ambassadors for the King because He is alive.
0: Dan DelZell with me, and we're talking about dreams and how it relates to um, the, certain, the current situation that we're in and our faith, and, you know, Dan, you mentioned uh, Jesus appearing to His disciples, and a lot of times we like to believe that the correct thing to do is just accept and believe and have a childlike faith and just go, yay, Jesus, and move forward. And yet there are some people, much like the centurion that we talked about last week, that might kind of be a little different. You know, they don't completely reject Jesus. They're not completely, you know, for Jesus. They need a little bit more evidence, so to speak. And Thomas comes to mind. You know, Thomas was... uh, kind of gets a, a bad rap in a way, and, and I know Jesus right. questioned him on it, because he needed the actual physical touch of the wounds to really fully understand that Jesus was Jesus, but yet there's also another side to that, because especially in this day and age, it's interesting you mention with these dreams and with other pastors out there, because even D.L. Moody talks about it, that preachers will ignore the cross, and they will hide Christ, and that keeps you know the true gospel message and the and the true faith from believers and from people that follow these pastors that do that but yet yeah. uh, and so we're called into que- so we're called to question what people say and what preachers preach um, but yet you know Thomas here was calling into question you know is this still real and wanted to actually physically touch and have the physical reaff- reaffirmation that Jesus was Jesus yeah. Where does that fit into that if someone needs that extra like I need to actually physically touch or I need that actual physical evidence yeah. what does that fit into everything
1: well, I, I tell you, son, where, where that fits in is I think that that is an entirely uh, permissible thing to desire when you stop and think about really what Thomas wanted. You know, in uh, in John 20, we're told, now, Thomas called Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Uh, and, and by the way, son, we're not told there why he wasn't with them. I mean, it may have just been some innocent thing. Or, you know, I even wondered, I mean, could it have been that Thomas was, you know, really starting to think, you know what, I need to, um, I, I'm going to cut my losses here. I mean, I, I know the, these guys are still going to be hanging around one another, but but I, I've been walking on this path now uh, for quite a while, and, and they just killed, you know, the, the, the one, the rabbi that we were following and saying he was the Messiah. So we're not told why Thomas wasn't with him. Was he considering just parting ways? Um, we're not really told, but we're told uh, when the other disciples told him that they had seen the Lord, he declared, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe it. Now, now there was nothing wrong with that request uh, and, and that statement, because all Thomas was saying is that I'm not going to believe he rose from the dead unless I can see him and touch him and be convinced. So nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, a, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. So that's interesting. So now, you know, maybe Thomas is starting to kind of get back in with the group a little bit. This time he's with them. Uh, before, maybe he was starting to pull out. You know, sometimes that happens with people in a church. You know, you'll be part of a church family, and then you start to kind of, for one reason or another, you start to pull away. And, and, and you're not gathering with, with your fellow Christians. And before you know it, you know, you know, you're nowhere to be found, maybe. But in Thomas's case, um, now he's back with them. They're in the house. And though the doors were locked, were told, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Uh, then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hand, reach out your hand and put it into my side, stop doubting and believe. And, and so in essence, what Jesus was saying to him, really their son is Thomas, Christianity isn't a dream, okay? Um, I'm here I'm alive. It's me. And, and Thomas simply wanted evidence the way that many people today want evidence. And I would put this forth as, as one of the greatest evidences that Jesus rose from the dead, that his followers went from being dejected, fearful, scared, hiding, uh, into courageous ambassadors after they saw him. This is why Christianity took off, and it's been um, going you know, all over the world since then for the two, uh, past 2,000 years because they saw Jesus there. Um, In many ways, you know, Thomas was like a a mother um, that I I, uh, had had heard about, who uh, about 30 years ago now, um, she had a a son, uh, Private First Class Clayton Carpenter was his name, who was uh, serving in the armed forces, and um, she received word that her son Clayton had been killed uh, after stepping on a landmine. And and so this just completely rocked her world and she was inconsolable and just um, was just, you know, beside herself. Well, a few days later, son, she received a phone call and the voice on the other end of the phone call uh, said, Mom, it's me. I'm alive. You know, similar to what, uh, you know, to what Thomas was, was hearing when Jesus said uh, to him, you know, hey, uh, you know, peace be with you. Uh, put your finger here, you know, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Or, or what Jesus said uh, in that previous text in Luke 24, where he said, it is I myself, he was telling the disciples. Well, here, um, private first class Clayton Carpenter said, Mom, it's me, I'm alive. And, and she was skeptical. She, she thought it was a cruel prank. Um, who could blame her? I mean, her whole mindset was that her son had been killed. So who would be doing this? So then, um, you know, she, she decided to ask a few questions to uh, this one on the end of the, on the, end of the phone. And um, questions that only her son would know the answer to. And she became convinced on that it was indeed her son, Clayton, that he was indeed alive. And it wasn't too uh, many days after that, uh, maybe a couple, when uh, a couple officials with the Army then showed up at her door and, and, and just had to say how sorry they were, um, and that they would made a terrible mistake, and they were there to affirm that, yes, it's true, her son really was alive. But, you know, that mother needed a little bit of evidence, son. I um, mean, who can blame her? I mean, she was convinced her son was dead. Um, she needed a little bit of evidence before she was going to just all of a sudden believe he was alive. And, and the disciples, likewise, they, were, they knew Jesus had died. They had reasons to believe that he did because, you know, they saw it, they witnessed it, they, they, um, they had no doubt that he did die. And in his case, in Jesus' case, of course, he really did die, unlike Clayton Carpenter. Christ was put to death, but here he is. He's showing up, he's talking to them, now he's talking to Thomas, and he says, stop doubting and believe. So, Simon, to just go to your question that you asked, is it, is it okay to ask for evidence? Absolutely. You know, but at the end of the day, once that evidence has been given, okay, it's still going to take a step of faith. Um, When Jesus told Thomas, stop doubting and believe, it's like, Thomas, here's the evidence, but now it's time for you to put your faith in it, which he did. And then like the other apostles went out and um, was willing to give his life, you know, for the gospel, um, because he knew, son, that yes, Jesus was alive. The greatest news is, you know, as great as that was for that mother to hear that her son, Clayton Carpenter, was alive. I mean, when, when, you know, it was announced that Jesus had risen from the dead, that was the greatest news this world has ever heard, because that touches everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, everybody who stops doubting and believes in Christ. I mean, I'm not saying you may not ever have any doubts again. Um, you know, God's not going to condemn you for those. Uh, but what a person will be condemned for is unbelief, a rejection of the Savior. Um, you know, having sin in your life that's not covered by the blood of Jesus, uh, that's the only perfect sacrifice. So, so this is what condemns a person. Um, the law condemns a person. Only the Gospel can save a person and and Jesus is the one that delivers the forgiveness of sins to us through faith and uh what a what a blessing what a what a joy we will have in paradise because of what our Savior did for us
0: if i 'm mistaken wasn't Thomas like a martyr even, maybe even the first martyr that he um, you know had took this unbelief and then had the evidence and then he got you know inspired so to speak, and he went out and he started to become you know a prominent uh you know, person spreading the gospel, and so yeah, you know, yes,
1: he was. Yes, now Stephen. Oh, Stephen, Stephen I'm sorry. Told, yeah, Stephen, you know, yeah. was was stoned, and and Stephen went out and, and was martyred. But it, it, at a later point, though, um, Thomas, uh, you know, what 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 church history tells us uh, is that there were reports of Thomas taking the gospel to India and and being martyred in India. So yes, on um, Thomas, uh, Thomas went from having a few questions. You know, he gets called Doubting Thomas, but I tell you what, you, you, you don't go out and spread the gospel and die for the gospel if you're just filled with nothing but doubts. He had faith once he saw the Lord and was able to put those doubts to rest in the person of Jesus.
0: Yeah. So even then, you know, sometimes it's okay if we have questions and we have to find out the answers a little bit more than just a blind faith because Thomas did take it and he turned from doubting Thomas to someone, like you said, that really went out and took the gospel to India and, and uh, you know, was prominent in spreading the gospel around the world. You know, it reminds me too, also of of, of the fact that when we when we experience these things, and I'm talking with Dan Dozell, and we're having our weekly conversation, and and we're talking about dreams and and visions and and the state that we're in today, and how um you know we're probably dreaming more, and, and our subconscious is kicking in more, and and one of the things that uh, I'm reminded of from uh, the DL Moody book is the fact that like Thomas, you know, sometimes we need to check things, you know, we have a vision or we have a a dream and I hear a lot of people say, you know, I heard God tell me this, or I had a vision to do that. Okay. That's fine. I'm not judging that. I'm not even you know talking about that, but here's the thing. How do we check that to know that it's real, you know, and it reminds me of a song by Steve Taylor. Uh, The lyrics go, if the Bible doesn't back it, then it seems quite clear. Perhaps it was the devil that whispered in your ear. And that's yeah. what, uh, you know, Moody talks about. He goes, you know, the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit guides us, and so we don't yeah. need psychics. You know, the Spirit of God yeah. guides us through the scriptures, and yeah. so nothing yeah. else is needed. And so for us that's to be right. seeking, if we need to seek something, we can seek through prayer, but we can also seek yeah. through the scripture, and we don't need to go talk to really anybody else. You know, maybe you want some counseling from a, from a pastor or something like that, but we don't need to go right. and seek out this message from any other place because through prayer and through the Bible, God will reveal reveal his will and his message to us. And then we can decide, okay, was this vision, just a vision and a dream, or does this have some sort of significant meaning that God's speaking to me and I should move forward on?
1: Well, you know, you know, son, you, you do hear a lot of people uh, in different religious circles, you know, use, use phrases like what you just said, you know, well, you know, God told me this or God told me that. And, um, you know, I always get, um, very leery, uh, when when certain people say that. Now, you know, I, I have heard some Christians over the years say that, Christians that I have found to be very, um, you know, devout, sincere, humble, uh, scripture-based Christians who uh, I, I think many times have, uh, as we all do at times, sense a, a, lead, a leading of the Lord on something, many times, as you say, it's on most of the time, it's going to be through the Word. Um, anytime a person does start saying, well, the Lord told me this, the Lord told me that, um, we have to be careful because the Bible is God's objective word. Um, I, I think there are those in the world who will use that sort of phrase to try to convince others that they have like this, this clear pipeline to the Lord. But I think we have to be very careful because, you know, um, you know, hey, I'll just give you one little example. So there's this pastor. I forget what state he was in, but, um, you know, he basically just announced that, you know, um, hey, he feels like you know God. God's big enough to handle this coronavirus thing, which we know He is. I forget what the exact word He was. Well, then he he ends up getting the coronavirus and dies here a week or so ago. I mean, that's not really, you know, I, I don't I don't know why um, why he would have felt led to 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 go to that to that extreme with it. Um, you know, there's a much you know sounder approach that we can take. We can use scripture to try to interpret what's going on around us. I mean, of course God could protect you from the coronavirus, but to just almost put it out there in, in a way, almost like, you know, well, you know, hey, we can still gather as a church. It's not going to affect us. We can, you know, we're, we're untouchable. Well, you know, you're still living in a sinful world. Your body is still uh, sinful. Um, there are still germs that can affect you. And And the only hope any of us have is the Lord. So, um. yeah, I, I think we have to be careful with that phrase, you know, the Lord said to me or the Lord, now having said that son, many, many times, uh, you know, Christians are going to be led, God's going to open up new things as we're studying the Bible or maybe in a sermon and, and it's going to be like, man, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was really speaking to me. That happens all the time. But but when we make these dogmatic statements, these are the ones that really, I think we have to be careful. When people start saying, well, the Lord told me, well, okay, why can't you just say, I think maybe God was saying this to me, you know, through the word or even through something you said. But but to make it sound as though you know for a fact that God told you that, I'm not saying it never happened. And and who am I to tell somebody that maybe God didn't say that? Uh, but, but, but I think you hear that so often that it's like, uh, don't assume that every voice you hear, uh, just because you're a Christian, Every leaning you have, every, it goes back to like, what, every dream I have. What, you know, I'm supposed to assume that that's God's will for my life? Well, fulfill your dream. God wants you to fulfill your dream. Really? Um, You know, it it, it kind of reminds me, Son, of just a a few quotes that that I've seen, you know, recently. Um, You know, for example, there was a popular celebrity that, you know, we all would know who said, you've got to follow your passion. You've got to figure out what it is you love, who you really are, and have the courage to do that. I believe that the only courage anybody ever needs is the courage to follow your own dreams. Well, my goodness, son, uh, that, you know, people hear that and it's just like, wow, you're being offered this lottery ticket. You know, that, that's the greatest courage a person can have. The greatest courage you can have is to, is to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I recognize that maybe all of my dreams are not even on your radar for me. We may need to scrap this whole list, Lord. Um, let, let, let's start with a b- blank slate. And over the next number of years, maybe decades, Lord, well, why don't you show me what you'd like me to do? And, 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 and it's like, once I stop chasing my dreams, chasing my, you know, my ideal, you know, the American dream or whatever it is, um, you know, it was like one uh, politician who said the American dream is is one of success, home ownership, college education for one's children, and have a secure job to, prov- to provide these and other goals. Okay, fine. I mean, okay. Th- 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 that's a dream, I guess. Uh, You know, there was a popular radio host uh, who said the American dream has now morphed into an expectation. And if it isn't provided or if it doesn't happen, then people feel cheated. Um, Well, yes, people are going to feel cheated if they feel like either God owes them or America owes them or the world owes them the American dream. Right now, maybe this is what's causing some nightmares, Tom, because people are realizing, wait. Where's the American dream gone? You know, now we have all these other people unemployed. I'm one of them. You know, that somebody might say, and, and I've lost a lot of this or that. And, and yet the Lord can, can kind of shake these things loose to a point where we start to get down to the bedrock of Christianity and, and the bedrock of what's going to matter throughout all of eternity. And, and it kind of makes these cheapened messages of, you know, you know especially on Easter, of all times, any time, you know, any Christian message to go out, well, God wants you to fulfill your dream. That sounds so cheap. That's not biblical Christianity. God never created us so that we could fulfill our dreams. We were created for his glory. Um, We were created to worship him. and, And there will be far more joy, Son, in us doing that than any dream we could ever come up with. Because any dream we could ever come up with by our own power, it is going to pale uh, in comparison to God's dreams for us and God's vision and, and how God defines success. Even if it doesn't necessarily mean a life of ease or a life free from persecution or, or, or a life of perfect health or, or riches for yourself. Um, I mean, you know, the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. Paul, look at him, he often went around, you know, uh, just in in all sorts of of, uh, difficult situations. So we really want to wrap our minds around the word and not the American version of this, you know, chase your own dream.
0: You know, I'm reminded when you you talk about uh, people that have a word from the Lord, it reminds me of Easter and when Jesus was on the cross you know, the temple veil ripped. And if I remember correctly, it ripped from top to bottom, which even is more significant, meaning that no man from the bottom ripped it up. And so that revealed that man could go straight to God. So, you know, instead of seeking out other people, we should just seek go straight to the source, go straight to God, because he's the one that will reveal it to us. Why do we need a mediator? You know, Jesus is the only mediator that we need, and right. uh, the Holy Spirit guides us. But it's but it's, it's also fascinating that people will seek out other people or look to somebody else to give them a word from the Lord. When the temple veil has been ripped, all we have to do is go straight to God ourselves. We don't have to worry about anything else.
1: That, that's exactly right, Son. Uh, we now have direct access, you know, in, in the Old Testament. Uh, only the high priest should enter the most holy place, and that never without blood. He would do that once a year on the Day of Atonement, when Jesus atoned for our sins on the cross. As you, uh, as you rightly said, I mean the the veil was torn there from top to bottom, and that that meant now that we we have direct access to the Father through the Son, um, and and we can be bold because of this. Not it's got nothing to do with us. It's all because of Christ. It's all because of of his his uh, love for us. As the Bible says, we have uh, God's very great and precious promises. And it's all through the atonement. You know, it's all through the blood of Jesus. It's all through his sacrifice that we now have access to the Father. And so this is another reason, son, why, you know, if somebody's going to get up and preach a message that just so cheapens, um, you know, what Easter is about, what the Christian message is about, and turns it into this you know, it's, you know, it's like a spiritual Amway presentation, you know, it, it just, it just feels so dirty and, and so beneath the dignity uh, of our awesome God for somebody to stand up and start spouting about how God wants you to fulfill your dreams and, and, you know, God's going to give you that next promotion and all this and that, you know, it, it's, it's very similar to those who stand up, you know, and, and, and are preaching to people that, you know, hey, now look at me, you know, Millions of you have sent in your twenty dollars gift, so I have this, you know, twenty million dollar jet that I travel around in on. But if you had enough faith, you know, you could too, and you just have to speak this, speak it into existence. And it's all nonsense. Even worse than that, it's not Christianity. It's not the gospel. Um, It just works people up into this excitement because, wow, you know, maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll hit the lottery. Maybe, maybe if I rub the lamp the right way, you know, God, my little genie in a bottle will come out and maybe he'll bless me and he'll give me that promotion and, and he'll give me that bigger car and that bigger home. And it absolutely, uh, must just, must just provide a stench, uh, for any angel that comes from heaven to, to help protect God's children to have to be around that, that kind of filthy message, um, uh, of just, you know, turning the gospel into this, um, uh, into something that it's not, and, and it really just appeals to man's flesh, and, and appeals to our own desire to um, to be the center of attention, to be the focus, uh, to have a perfect life here on earth where you know we don't have any trials, nothing nothing ever uh, you know is going to cause us any um, any pressure at all, and uh, and so you know the Lord came because our problem is sin because sin can only be cleansed by the blood of Jesus, because heaven and hell are real, uh, because heaven is going to be a million times greater than any, you know, any dream you might fulfill for yourself on earth and hell a million times worse than, than, you know, what, what the suffering people have here on earth. So these, this is the reality that that Jesus was facing on the cross. This is what, what God, you know, came into the world to do for us, to save us uh, from ourselves, really son. And from our just determination, like lucifer um to be the center of attention um to to be worshiped to be glorified to be talked about um you know uh, like like in that in that popular song um, you know, will they remember me? You know, in a century, I want to be. You know, I want to be remembered. You know, and, and that's what Satan wanted. You know, what, are they going to remember me? You know, forget the Lord who created me. Forget the Lord who who gave me this high position uh, as an angel. No, no, I want more. I want to be the Lord. I want to be the one. Or Judas. You know, um, he Judas had been given everything by the Lord, but but he wanted he wanted the, the those coins. You know, which in the end they didn't satisfy him. I mean, look look at what he ended up doing. I mean, that didn't satisfy him. And so this message from the world that says, you know, chase your dream. Um, If you chase your dream uh, and it's not rooted in the Lord, uh, you're going to end up like Judas. And you're going to hate what you've done. And you might even destroy yourself over what you've done because it will not satisfy. So don't listen to those who are preaching a false gospel, uh, a health and wealth prosperity message. That's not the gospel. There's nothing more prosperous than being clothed in the righteousness of Christ and being ready for Judgment Day. And so, don't let somebody work you up into a ladder over, you know, um, just because they might be living in wealth and have a a multi-million dollar net worth and, and a mansion and maybe a private jet. Um, don't let them work you up into a ladder with this kind of this Amway spiritual Amway presentation because it's not worth it. It won't satisfy. And in the end, you may hate yourself uh, for what you, what you're willing to sell your soul for, uh, just so that you can tap into what, what they're claiming, uh, can be a dream for you here on earth.
0: Yeah. And one last thing, Dan, to kind of check ourselves with is that, you know, talks about, um, Every believer has the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the power of the Holy Spirit in the past, and, and we've been talking about these visions and dreams and how we can connect to make sure that it's from God or if it's just something that's not of God and it's mm-hmm. something else. But, um, but oftentimes, and I think it came across in the, uh, the D.L. Moody book, Secret Powers, that everybody has the Holy Spirit, but yet sometimes we put that Holy Spirit away And we don't have the full power of the Holy Spirit. We don't utilize it because we stick them in an attic or a closet or we just hide them away somewhere Mm -hmm. and and it's not being fully Mm -hmm. utilized. And so I think that's one of the things, too, that we need to check ourselves, you know, because as a non-believer, you know, we've been talking about what you do to become saved and what you need to do. But yet, as a believer, sometimes we need to check ourselves and be like, hey, you know what, am I uh, leading my life or living my life? And according to God's will, am I fully utilizing? You know, especially in this time of the coronavirus and all the panic and uncertainty that's going on, am I using the full power? Am I having all the resources available to me? You know, yeah. we're talking about the government helping us out and bailing us out with twelve hundred dollar checks, and talking about reopening yeah. the this and the that, and you know, they're, yeah. they're talking about the physical yeah. resources of the government trying to help us. But are we really taking full advantage of all the resources that God has to offer us? And that includes having the Holy Spirit within us to give us the power that we need to be able to live for God each and every day.
1: Well, you know, Son, there's a a, a term, a phrase that just came to my mind. The two words that I'll share here in a second as you were speaking that that I think we can apply to this. I think it's um, connected very much to something I think you and I might be talking about next week in the podcast as as, as we consider uh, really what it means to live out, you know, upper room discipleship. And we can get into that next week, I'm sure. uh, But but where, where the disciples were waiting for that power that Jesus promised them in the upper room. But, but but the term today that came to mind, as you were just speaking, Son, is, is that um, the Lord is offering all of us today a spiritual stimulus, because we all need that. Um, we've all, we all have depleted resources uh, within our soul, even as believers. You know, the Holy Spirit uh, came to live within you, my friend, when you accepted Christ, when you repented of your sin and turned your life over to Christ, and were born again, saved, redeemed, justified, and forgiven. There on the front end, the Holy Spirit came to live within. But then, as Son just said, um, you know, we all uh, at times grieve the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's a word we said, a thought we had. Um, you know, so the Bible says don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, you know get, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and, and, and brawling and slander, the Bible says there in Ephesians. It also says um, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So D.L. Moody said to be filled, though, we have to first be emptied. And, and so this is a, an ongoing process of being emptied. Um, you know, because our flesh likes to get in there, you know, our own selfishness, our own pride, our own lust, our own greed, our own anger, our own whatever grudges that we're holding. So we have to give these things to the Lord and confess these to the Lord and, and, and ask the Lord to not only cleanse us, but then to just fill in those spaces that we were filling with, uh, you know, certain rooms in our house. You know, we were filling in with uh, some of that junk. Now the Holy Spirit wants to come in. You know, Christ wants to be um, in every every room of our of our home, our heart, and the Holy Spirit will fill every room, and when he does there 'll be more power that 's the spiritual stimulus that the disciples needed because their resources have been depleted, all of ours have uh, just because of you know we 're still in these bodies, and, and we need supernatural power if we 're going to live for Christ so son, I love that question, and I think it 's a beautiful connection too to kind of what we 're talking about today and what I think we 'll be talking about next week. Just this whole idea kind of building on, you know, uh, that book that, that you've been reading there by uh, Dale Moody on secret power, um, the power of the Holy Spirit, um, you know, just just relying upon God's power be, because we so desperately need um, the Holy Spirit if we're going to remain filled with the joy, the hope, the peace. Um, and and so we can't take any credit for it, um, neither for our forgiveness uh, nor for our fullness, because every ounce of forgiveness we have came through the blood of Jesus. Every ounce of power then comes through the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, wherever that's gone sideways, we get the blame for that. Not that God's going to, you know, hold that over our head. I mean, we're forgiven, but we, we, don't, get, we don't get any credit for the good. That, that comes through the blood, that comes through the Holy Spirit. Forgiveness through the blood, power through the Holy Spirit. And, and where there's something sideways there on that, then, many times we just have to confess that to the Lord. Say, Lord, I sense something here's off. Here, something you know is monkeying, uh, monkeying, this up a bit, and uh, the wires are crossed a bit. And and so don't don't beat yourself up over it. Just bring it to the Lord, um, and uh, and then God will help to straighten that out. And uh, and then He'll get us back in line with the fullness of power. So today's son is a day of spiritual stimulus. Uh, it begins when a person comes to Christ. That's You've got to be forgiven of your sins before you can get the spiritual stimulus. It's almost like you've got to be an American before you can get the stimulus. I mean, you know, you, you can't, you know, let, 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 let's say you're living, uh, you know, in Australia. You know, you, you can't, um, you know, try to tap into the IRS uh, website here and, and get the stimulus. No, you've got to be an American. You've got to be in this country to, to do that. You have to be a Christian. Uh, to use the analogy here, you have to be a Christian. Uh, to tap into the stimulus you don 't you don't get the photo of the spirit without being christian now i 'm not you know equating obviously Americans with Christians, but if, for the sake of the analogy um, I think it 's a good a good example and uh, we wish all Americans we wish everybody was a Christian, but you know a lot had yet to meet the Savior both in this country and around the world so um, but it 's just great, son, to visit with you about these exciting topics and and just to know that christianity isn 't a dream, Thomas came to find that out the disciples who were startled and frightened, they came to find that out. And even though we're still kind of in a bit of a dream state, we don't see things clearly. We certainly don't understand everything there is to understand about the coronavirus. Uh, people want answers. We don't have all the answers. We, don't, we only have a few answers on that. Um, we're all kind of shooting in the dark on that one. But um, where we're not shooting in the dark is we know who's on his throne. We know who loves us. We know who's going to bring us through this. And we know that the world has faced things much you know, much more troubling even in the coronavirus and, and yet the world is still here, people are still here. So um, we, we don't want to make it a bigger thing than it is or, or or assume the sky is falling when when really um you know the Holy Spirit will fall. He'll fall upon us if we will humble ourselves today and be emptied of our sin. Um, repent of our sin. Um you know like I say place it under the blood of Jesus, make sure we're forgiven of our sins through faith, and then pray to the Lord, receive the power, as Jesus said to the disciples after his resurrection one time in John there, he was saying, receive the Holy Spirit, and he breathed on them. And so that today's side is a beautiful picture for us, uh, just to picture Jesus standing right here with us, just to have him breathe on us, have the Holy Spirit come and fill us. And that will be part of this stimulus, spiritual stimulus package that Jesus has for every Christian. Uh, and now it's up to us to just make sure we receive it, that we open it, that we utilize it.
0: Dan Delzell, thank you so much for your time and for the conversation today. We really appreciate it. If someone wants to uh, email you and look uh, try to find you online, where can they go?
1: Well, my email font is Dan D A N D E L Z E L L at cox net, or they could go to Redeemer uh, in Papillion, Nebraska. Our Facebook page and it has um, not only the Easter message that I just gave online here uh, a few days ago, but but uh, you know a few other messages on there going back a few weeks. And so I would say those would be two places. Uh, uh, and they could also check out some articles I've written at the Christian Post. So if they just Googled uh, my name and the Christian Post. I've written a lot of articles there on, on a lot of topics, that uh, some of which they might find useful.
0: And you can follow me on Instagram at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M, R-O-C-K-S. And, Dan, thanks again so much. We look forward to our next conversation. And, uh, again, just thank you.
1: Hey, thank you, son. I look forward to next time.
0: And for you listening, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Until next time, God bless.